For more information on this topic or on the subject of disciple-making in general, look us up online at browndegreen.org or send us an email directly at podcast at browndegreen.org. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Great Awakening, a disciple-making podcast brought to you by Brown to Green on the Stream Grace Network. Hey, disciples. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Michael Ferris. And this is Travis Evans. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, leave us a review or share our podcast with family and friends. Let them know they can listen to us on any podcasting listening platform. If you're interested in this topic, check us out at browndegreen.org and on Facebook, Brown to Green. Today, our guest is David Hamlin. Hey, David, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I'm I'm doing good. I'm really, really doing good. It's been, a, it's been an awesome week. Like, the Lord's been blowing our minds here in Hera, Oklahoma, and um, we're just really excited and see what the Lord's got next for us. So, uh, so, so, how's things going with you over there, brother? Um, things are things are going really great. Um, you know, I'm still in Bozeman, Montana, and um, I've had I think three. I currently have discipling three men, and um, we've uh, been going for about just over three weeks now. Heck yeah, man! That's awesome. How's that? How's that been going? Um, it's been it's been really good. Uh, these men were brought to me last year. Um, I led a small group, um, kind of Bible study. We called it a core group um, last year through a campus ministry. And uh, these the Lord brought these men to me last fall, and you know we met up, um, read the Word together, and went through life together a lot last year. And then um, this year, my goal is through Christ to really teach them how to uh, make disciples of Jesus. Come on. Come on, man. And so you said you've been walking with them now for about three weeks. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. That's super cool, David. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while since we got to talk. Like last time I think I really got to sit down and talk with you was in uh, Clydehurst, Montana. Yep. And so. That's a lot changed. You said a lot has changed since then. Yeah, man, that was only two months ago. I know. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That's super cool. So, man, it's super good to be back on the podcast. Like, it's um, we didn't really tell everybody that we were taking a season of rest. Our our plates got overwhelmed, and we had to take a season of rest. And so now we're back. And so I'm super excited to sit down with you, David, as our first guest. And man, like, just simply, I just like I have one simple question for you. Ready? Ready. All right. How has disciple making transformed your life? Man, disciple making has transformed my life in that, uh, you know, when I came to Christ uh, about three years ago, um, I really, I saw what it meant for people to live in Christ. And I saw what it meant for people to do everything that they do for the glory of God and to really be filled by the spirit. But uh, I thought that was it. I thought, you know, like salvation, you know, one time thing. And I thought that, okay, I became a Christian. Now I'm good. Now I can just sit here and relax and just hang out and do whatever, you know, Christians do, like just not really do anything. And as a result, you know, like the first few months of my walk was pretty, it was, it was pretty tough just because it's like, I kept wanting to be pulled back into the world, but, um, you know, eventually, you know, it kind of got my bearings a little more. And then 
um, as, as soon as um, I started being discipled um, in like summer 2020, out, or just after summer 2020, so um, just over a year ago is when I started being discipled. And the biggest thing that um, changed in my life was I realized, hey, followers of Jesus are not passive. Followers of Jesus are not complacent. They're, they don't just like go to church on Sunday and then every other day of the week they, you know, just go to work and do whatever. And it's like they're, they're not on the clock only on Sunday morning. They're always on the clock and we are called by Christ. We are called and set apart by Jesus Christ to go and make disciples and to make our, our ministry is not just part time. Our ministry is not just um, only if you're in like vocational ministry. Our ministry is always, and we are, it's not just Sunday morning, it's we are doing life with these people. And so the biggest way that disciple making transformed my life was um, having my faith be very passive and having my faith just be something to, hey, I'm here on this earth to go find reliable men for me to invest in, meet up with them, do life with them, invite them into my life, and ultimately equip them to go and make disciples who will make disciples. Come on, David. Come on. Heck yeah, man. I love that. Like, while Michael's looking up some word, the Lord's got something on him, but, like, I was just thinking, man, like, like what you're, what you're saying, like, I own what you're talking about because, like, when I started walking with Moix, like, all of a sudden I started getting a purpose in my life that like I'd long for. And man, as that purpose started coming, man, I started getting on fire for the Lord. Right. And like what I hear you saying is like, man, you went from this path, passive faith, right. To like having like a purpose for your walk and like you're, you're running in it, bro. Both hands to the plow, not looking back. Yeah. It's super cool. Well, man, as I'm, as I'm listening to you talk, Dave, I'm just simply reminded what it says in second Timothy, where it says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace of which is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others, share in the suffering as good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so, man, like it's, it's super cool because it talks about that faithful men and just reliable men. Like it's believers who are willing to walk out their obedience and walk out their faith to the Lord. And it says who will be able to teach others also, you know, and you look in the original Greek translation, it says like it's, it is worthy for them to go teach others. And so it's super cool seeing that transition of your walk where it's like, man, like you, you begin to walk out the things that Jesus asked in Matthew 28, like go forth, make disciples, of all nations, baptizing the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit, teaching them all that he's taught you, knowing he's with you to the end of age. And so you begin to, to build these relationships with these guys that you've done Bible studies with at college. Right. And you've begin to see that these men are faithful, reliable men, and you begin to pour into them. So, Hey, really quick. Um, like, how about you tell the story? Like, how how did you get involved, right? Like, where you were from being a passive follower of Jesus Christ, right? Kind of like what you're saying. Like, what I'm hearing in this is, like, I'm reminded of the scripture where it says, like, where, it talk, where Jesus is talking about those who are being lukewarm. He says, like, man, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm because at least if you're cold, I can spit you out of my mouth. Like, I'll spit you out of my mouth, right? I kind of paraphrase that, butchered it a little bit. But he's talking about lukewarm and hotness, right? And he's like, lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. But, man, like, where you went from being this passive um follower of Jesus Christ to where you're at now. Like how did this, how did this uh, adventure start out for you? Um, yeah. So I'd say, uh, the first 
the first thing was just um oh. yeah i'd say so the the real like i'm trying to think of like a one like a aha moment but i'm i guess like i think it was just it was more of a it's more of a process um the word slowly worked on me and just kind of like uh, every conversation that I would have with a believer uh, because where I'm at right now in college, very involved in campus ministries and like in my community. And I was pretty involved um, before I started being discipled. I just realized that every conversation I had with people, um, it's just, it was just kind of a what's next. And, um, so it just kind of got me thinking. And, um, so I, I knew that like I was started, the Lord was already working on my heart before summer 2020 when I, um, really, uh, started talking with, um, you guys, um, at fighters, uh, the really, or the Lord was working on my heart before that in spring 2020. And I felt called, Hey, go lead this small group for your campus ministry go lead this Bible study. And I was, I was thinking, why would I do that? Like that doesn't, Mm -hmm. I I guess I'll do it. You know, like I, I, a couple of my friends and one of my roommates are doing it. It'll just be, it'll be fun. It'll be, you know, like I'll be able to hang out with people. It'll be something to do. And so that's, that's kind of where it started is I felt called to do that. And, um, I almost, what it almost was, was, um, I was like, Oh, I'm doing this. That'll check the box of me being a Christian. Like I go to church on Sunday and, um, I go to my campus ministry on Tuesday and Bible study on Wednesday. But that's, you know, like I need to really have the, the box to check and say, look at me. Like I'm a good Christian. Like I'm living out my faith. And it was, that was, I think part of it was that was me trying to earn my way into heaven. Come on, and man. we do not get into heaven through work. Come on, man. We do. It doesn't matter how many Bible studies we go to, how many bumper stickers we have in our car, what our Instagram or Facebook bio is. Like, if we're not, if we don't have a relationship with Jesus, we are not going to heaven. And so I think part of it was, hey, I want to, um, I, you know, I want to, I want to try to get, make sure, like, solidify my ticket into heaven through work. And then, um, I realized that, hey, this isn't, it's not because of our works we get into heaven. It's because of our relationship with Jesus that works. We as a person are transformed and therefore want to go out and do work. Like it says yeah. in John 14, 12, where Jesus says, hey, you guys are, you will do greater works than I for I'm going to the Father. Um, it's, you know, it was more of that, that uh, moment or that transformation was me realizing that, hey, I'm not doing these works because I'm trying to get into heaven. I'm doing these works because I have a relationship with Jesus. And through him and through the Holy Spirit inside of me, I want to do these works because I want to be closer with Jesus, you know, and it was, it's a result of my faith, not like, not, uh, it's a result. The works were a result of my faith and my relationship with God. 
and not I have a relationship with God because of my work. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Like I'm reminded as you're speaking, it says, For by the grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not by your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. So as you're speaking, man, I'm just reminded of that. And so, so David, like how long were you doing, like have you been involved in college ministry? before um like you were saying like you're you're passive and the lord sort of kind of press on you in the spring of what year was that spring of um, 2019 2020. 2020 so the spring of 2020 so how long had you been involved in college ministry before before that happened um involved like like um, going like were you partaking in college ministry were you going to these small groups were you or were you just kind of like normal college kid going about campus or did you start kind of getting involved or so I got involved in fall 2018 and that's ultimately what led me to salvation. Mm, um, that's cool. And that's what led me to having a relationship with Christ. But I think at that point and for that next year and some change, um, I was really, the main thing I was doing was just putting myself in community saying, like looking around and saying, Hey, these, you know, the guys who, um, are a part of my Bible study, the um, guys who are in my campus ministry. You know, these are good friends. They're solid guys. They're drinking or anything on the weekends. You know, these are these are who I want my lifelong friends to be. And it just so happened that they love Jesus. And um, so I think the, the first year and a half probably of college for me, so of my walk, was just me putting myself into community and me going from a spiritual infant and just kind of like just growing in my faith just by seeing these young men around me live their lives for Christ. And a lot of them were being discipled by either older students or, um, you know, people, adults in the community. Um, and I, I saw that, but I just, I was thinking, Oh, I'll like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not like ready for yet that yet. They're, they're an advanced Christian. Uh, like, and now that I look at it, it's like, I really wish that I had, um, someone like actively discipling me. Um, and I know that it's everything that happened was on the Lord's timing and I wouldn't have changed any part of it. Um, but it, looking back, it's like the first year and a little bit of my, of college, that's, when I first started getting involved in my campus ministry, that's where I realized like, and I was just, I was the product of the ministry. Like I was the fruit of that ministry. I wasn't bearing any fruit. That mm. makes sense. That does make yeah, sense. Super cool. And then you said the Lord started pressing on you in 2020, like to start kind of like stepping up. Is that fair? Yep. That's fair. So this, so this is just like lay, we're laying out a little timeline here. So this is spring of 2020. You said that the Lord starts pressing you to to something more, and then yeah. and then and then in July of 2020, like another plug for Clyde Hurst, right? <laughs> like like we we meet up. We like this first time I ever met you. I guess it was the first time Michael had met you in summer of 2020, right? Is that the first time you'd met Michael, David? Um, I think we had briefly met in 2019 but we didn't actually sit down or have a conversation so 
Yeah, for all intents and purposes, yeah, 2020 was when we first met and first talked and first got like formally introduced. And that's cool. Yeah, and so we, had, I think, what happened. So in 2019, me and you, we kind of brushed our paths, kind of crossed for a little bit, right? Yeah. And so, um, Dave, David was Travis is over here making all this noise and racket and coughing and all sorts of stuff, chasing flies. I don't know what's going on. Um, and so in 2019, like, so at Clyder's, like Clyder's is Christian Ranch in Montana that we go up to on vacation and they forced the counselors who supposedly are willing to watch our kids in evening time. I don't know how true that is, David, but, um, David had been watching my son, Oliver. Yeah. And I think one night I'd, we'd kind of come back from, we were hanging around, we were doing a worship night and we'd come back or you'd join us during that worship night. Is that correct? Um, I think you guys came back, came back. And so we had a, me and yeah. you had just a brief conversation and then it went from, from there to 2020. Yeah. And in 2020, I was again, babysitting Oliver and, um, I put him to bed and was outside on the steps of your cabin and Warren came back and I was reading, I was reading, um, I think it was the purple book, which is, it, it was a book that we were told to read for leading a uh, small group that next year for a campus ministry. So I was reading it and Lauren, um, asked me, Hey, what are you reading? So I told her and she's like, Oh cool. Why are you reading it? So I told her and then she that's where she was like, you got to talk to Michael. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. We ended up having a couple conversations and, um, that was really the start of our relationship. Yeah, it was. It's, it's funny. Um, I had met Joshua Cohen the year prior and had been walking with Joshua Cohen. And so I was kind of like in my mindset, I was like, I'm not discipling anybody through zoom anymore. And so I remember we were up there and I'm like, I'm on vacation. Like that's where I was kind of, I was, it was like, I'm, I'm on vacation. I'm not really, like I'm, I'm doing me. And Mary Lauren came and kind of talked to me and she's like, Hey, you really need to talk to David Hamlin and you, you need to talk, have this conversation with him. I was like, Hey, if, like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, we'll have this conversation. And the reality was, I was like, I don't really want to like, I, like, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know. And then the Lord got a hold of me. He's like, man, like you're never really on vacation when it's for the kingdom. And so I think me and you had, we bumped into each other and we started kind of having a conversation. We were trying to set up me and you meeting and talking and then it could, and it wasn't working out. And finally, I think you were leading a hike and I'm like, I'm going to just sign up in this hike and hike next to this guy. Little did I know he's, you know, super college fit and was going to lead the hike and be taken off. And I was going to be out of breath the whole entire time. But we end up having a cool kingdom conversation in the whole entire hike. Yeah. Do you, do you, <laughs> do you remember that one, David? You remember that hike? Yep, I do. It was Trinity. Um, Michael and um, Jaden both were on the hike and we went up and um, they just talked to me about disciple making and they um, Jaden showed me uh, the triangle, the definition of a disciple of Jesus and um, I saw it and I was I was thinking at that point when I was being shown that triangle wow that's disciple making in action right there because I, I was trying to figure out the entire week how Jaden was related to you guys <laughs> and um, I was like there's no way he's their son like there's he might be like a nephew like what 
Like what what's this, what's going on? Like how are they related? Because you guys were like taking um, pictures together. Um, he was holding Oliver, and I was trying to figure out like, okay, how is I was trying to connect the dots, and I was like, oh, Michael's discipling James, <laughs> and he is sitting right here telling James to show this tool to me. Well, Michael very easily could have just shown me that tool himself. He had Jaden do it to give Jaden practices. I was thinking, wow, that's cool. That's disciple. That's disciple making in action. Like that is Come like on. wow. So that was that's what I was thinking. Um, I'll be honest; I completely forgot the triangle the first time I learned it. Um, <laughs> and then um, later that night, Michael and I talked again. And Michael walked me through a learning circle. Um, and I still have the, that learning circle. I still, it's still in my notebook somewhere. Uh, but basically it was the conversation that we had. Um, I was uh, kind of having trouble because I was, we were talking and it basically came out that, hey, I really, like, I don't know if I could, if the Lord called me to drop out of school, I don't know if I could. If the Lord called me to move, I don't know if I could. You know, if the Lord called me to lose my job, I don't know if I could. I had all of these, like, these things that I wasn't willing, I didn't know if I was willing to die for. And um, I was worried about the next step of uh, where I was going to work, where my career was going to take me. And I was worried about all of this. And, um, Michael walked me through a learning circle and I was thinking it was like I left that night with a lot of emotion. I was thinking I was kind of confused. It's like, how, wait, why has nobody told me that these things are the Lord of my life until now? And how do I essentially come and die to these things? Because I do want to follow Jesus that I like, I do want to wholeheartedly follow Jesus but these things are clearly kind of getting in the way. So I was thinking, how, why has no one told this to me? How do I come and die to these things and ultimately follow Jesus? And I'm worried about my small group. How, and Michael used the phrase, something along the lines of, it's not you, it's God, or something like that. And I was thinking, I was confused with that. But when I was thinking, well, it is, it is me though, but it's not because any fruit that like John 15, you know, any fruit that I bear that's not remain or that's not like through the vine is bad fruit Come or on, through the, yeah. Come yeah. On, man. So it's not you, it's Christ in you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's cool. Like, like I hear, like what I hear you talking about is like, it's it's this like Luke 15 I mean Luke 14 um it's 25 through like 33 or something like that but it's it's like Jesus telling them like if you want to be my disciple like you got to pick up your cross daily and follow me right and then also like he he and then he tells this little parable about like counting the cost right and he's like like you need to count the cost and then he goes in verse 33 he says in the same way those of you who do not give up everything you everything you have cannot be my disciples. Right. And so like what I hear you say is like, you're starting to count the cost, man. 
super cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and I think the other cool thing is that it's continually counting the cost, and oh. that's I think what the importance of um, discipleship is. Um, I I know that um, I'm always going back through and consistently learning, circling myself of, oh shoot, money's becoming an idol for me. Oh shoot, this girl's becoming an idol. Oh no, like <laughs> how I my status or my social status on this is becoming an idol. And so there's it's not just a one time, hey, what do I need to leave so I can follow Jesus? It's consistent the Kairos, the always like going back through and saying, Hey, what is Lord of my life right now? Like what is preventing me from wholeheartedly following Jesus? Come on, man. That's cool. I love that. Right mm-hmm. on. So hold on, paint a little picture here. So you're on a Trinity falls hike on the beautiful side of a mountain in McLeod, Montana, which by the way, I've done that hike a few times. I got short legs. Your legs are probably twice as long as mine, David. And, um, for for you guys to have conversations about Jesus on the way up that mountain <laughs> means that you really want to be talking about Jesus because for me it's hard to even breathe as I'm hiking up the side of that mountain so that's pretty legit <laughs> and then and then you and then you move forward and so you like like in that first day that you're like that you're starting to Michael presses into you a little bit and like fights for your freedom right like that's like that's the purpose of the learning circle tool is so that like you can you can walk in freedom from things that are actually holding you in bondage, right? Yep. And um, I don't even think Michael brought up the verse John eight thirty one, but uh, he that night he showed me truth. He showed me what Scripture said about what I was walking through, and um, he had me come up with Scripture that I was reminded of, and ultimately that truth set me free from that. Come I went on. through and I had. My, after that week, the trajectory that my summer went, it just, like, I was worrying way less. I was sleeping way better. And ultimately, I knew that it was because of Christ. And um, it was it was really frustrating, actually, because I was, um, so the kind of the way things are structured for our campus ministry is we'll go out and there's three small groups of each gender and it's you and a co-leader, right? So there's two men who lead a small group and there's three of those groups. And then there's two women who lead a group, two other women who lead a group, two other women, right? And the first two weeks of school are critical because that's when we go and we, that's when all the freshmen show up. That's when people who have just left home for the first time are going to college and where they and where they end up after those first two weeks is generally where they will be for a while. And that's where people, if they get sucked into um, a frat or the party scene, it is very difficult for them to get out. And what a lot of times happens is people will come and they know that they're searching for something, but they just don't know what. And so they try the party scene and then we they build relationship with one of the small group leaders or one of the people in the community and they that's basically that's what happened to me is i 
filter like one of the men who was leading a small group he found me first week of school we clicked super well we um, had a bunch of shared interests um and i just on friday night i started hanging out at his apartment instead of at the frat party so that's where the first two weeks are critical right but the very first day of school so i'm about ready to go out in front of the dining hall on campus and invite people to an ultimate frisbee game that i'm that me and a couple of friends were having and from there i was going to invite them over to my apartment and basically i was going to gather people um i was going to search for um i guess you would say people of peace i was going to search for people to come to my bible study and i was excited and then i ended up getting COVID the first day of school oh, man. i had to like i sat with the lord a lot on, on hey what do i what do i do you know none of my you know i don't want to um put i don't want to make my roommates have to quarantine i obviously want to be here but the i the i was convicting the loving thing for me to do was to go to my parents house and um go away from school for that two weeks and so i missed all of the gathering i did not know a single person in my small group until i came back two weeks later and i was so frustrated because i was expecting that hey I, it's going to be you know my group it's going to be guys that i gather i'm gonna there's going to be a ton of guys that i gather it's going to be great and then i came back and there were about half as many guys as i would have wanted there were probably around seven eight guys and um i was i didn't have a relationship with any of them because it was all my i guess co co-leader um, who gathered them and I was so frustrated and I was it, it really discouraged me but that's where the Lord worked and um, from those two weeks he said hey this is not like you're you're trying to do this on your own this is not your group this is my group here let me place men into your life oh, so, come on that's awesome that's super cool so David, like walking in discipleship, what was the biggest transformation you had in the last, like with, like you're saying, like, man, you went from being passive to white hot, right? What is something like, I would say probably the biggest walk away that you had or takeaway, sorry, takeaway that you had, um, doing discipleship, like walking with me for how long did we walk for about a year together? Yeah. Yeah. Um, David was a very quick but- learner. Like he got it and he would change his mind quickly and just run with it. So he was a brush of breath of fresh air so so what was the biggest takeaway you say said you'd have from that uh the biggest takeaway that i had was the week that i visited um Herod church uh last october so almost a year ago is it was the biggest takeaway takeaway i had was from that week um i noticed that hey this isn't just because it's hard doing this bible making over zoom just because you don't get to go on mission together. Yeah. And it was amazing being to be down in Hera and go on mission uh, with Michael and um, his other disciples. It was absolutely amazing getting to see, hey, this isn't just a Sunday thing. Like he is calling or he is answering calls. He's texting people. He's meeting people for lunch. 
Uh, he's having people over for dinner. It was a very active, it was, it was life on life. It yeah. was, it, it was really cool to see. And so the biggest takeaway that I had was, Hey, you're not only teaching people about the word. You're not only teaching people these tools and training with them and showing them, um, how to make disciples. You're also doing life with them. You're also inviting them into community. Um, you're also challenging them. You are also, um, you know, pouring into them. You're all, you're there, uh, when you get that call at 2 a.m., um, you're there to go over, uh, to their house. Um, or if they, you're there when they go through a breakup or when they're, um, when, when they come running back to you, you know, you're there. And that's, that was the biggest, that was the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, I, yeah. That's cool. That was cool. Like, like we talk about like modeling it for people, you know, <clears throat> like it's one thing to, to like just try to instruct someone to like give impart knowledge into them. But like modeling the gospel for them is, is significant. Right. And like what I hear you saying is like when you, when you saw Michael modeling it for you, like how he lays his life down for the body, right. How he's continually picking up his cross daily, right. Denying himself for the betterment of the body. Like that, that was significant for you. That's super cool. That's cool. That's cool. So man, so t- tell us about these three guys. Are we're my like I have a question for you as you're talking to like these seven or eight guys that we showed to the small group that were there. Um, these three guys you're now currently walking with. Did any of them come out of that small group, or how did you meet these three guys that you're now currently yeah. discipling? Yeah, um, all three of them did. Yeah, and come on. It yeah, was, they did. <laughs> it was amazing just because around you know, late mid August, right before school starting, I was, I was praying a lot, um, because the Lord brought me a ton of people of peace, just so many guys who were, um, who were reliable. Um, and they ranged from guys who I met, um, who attended the high school camp at fighters, um, who lived in Bozeman to, you know, these three guys to, um, guys who I'd met playing ultimate frisbee guys who I'd met just at church. Um, there were so many, there were so many, I don't want to say options, but it, it was, um, the Lord blessed me a lot and just being able to have a lot of different people of peace, um, who I could choose to invest in. And, um, ultimately like I settled on these three, um, because I had seen them, I'd seen their growth through the last year, um, through them, through us doing a Bible study together, together. I'd seen their growth and I felt like out of all the men in my life that these three were the most, um, we call them in our campus ministry, we call it FASH, which stands for Faithful, Available, Submitted with Honor, and Teachable. Wow. And, um, can you say that one more time? Guys, what? What do you, what do you, can you, can you repeat that? You call it what? F-A-S-H-T. F-A-S-H-T. And what's it mean again? Faithful, available, submitted with honor. So the S and the H go together. And then teachable. And um, those, and so they would always tell us, yeah, hey, look for fast people. And so I saw them and it's like, hey, these guys, they 
hit between the three of them. I think they had only missed, I want to say, two small groups the entire year. And it was because they were out of town, you know. And they were, every single time we met up, they were on time. And they read, like, if I tasked them, hey, read uh, the first chapter of James so we can talk about it. They showed up. They'd read the first chapter of James. They had marks all over. They had notes. And they had stuff to talk about. And so, uh, to me, it was like, hey, these guys, they want to learn. They want they want to become more active in their faith. And the one thing that I don't want to say missing, but the one thing at the end of uh, the school year last year was these men were, um, they, they were, they're very strong in their faith, but they were a little passive and they knew that they needed action. They wanted action, but they didn't know where to find action. That's cool. Hey, so does one, did one of your, was one of your guys uh, that you're walking with now, was he at Clydehurst this summer? Yep. So, yep. so his name's Austin. So, so I'm, I'm sitting in the library, right? Hanging out with a bunch of the kids. My kid, you know, my daughters are 15 and 16 and Austin's over here in the corner. And I, I start, I strike up a conversation, start talking to him about the Lord. And I'm like, this dude is good soil. Like, like there's something significant about this guy. Right. And so Jade and I have a conversation about him. And then like later on that evening, I find out, Hey, th- this is one of the guys that, uh, that David's invited in. And I'm like, Oh, of course he is, man. Like this guy's good soil. It's awesome. So yeah, that's cool. To, I, I met him this summer. That's super cool. That's legit, man. Michael's Michael loves this acronym. I do love this acronym. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sitting there. I know I was kind of playing with. I'm playing. So it's it's cool. I do love the acronym a lot. I think it's super cool. Faithful, available, submissive, honorable, and teachable. Right. And so, man, it, it's back to that word I gave you when we first started. Second Timothy two two says, "And the and the things which you've heard from me among many witnesses." this and trust the faithful men such a significant will be also others to teach that's the original greek translation and so faithful means faithful reliable trustworthy and believing worthy of trust can be relied on and so it's just it's super neat like man like this is what i love is like man sets plans his heart but the lord establishes his steps and yeah. like how the lord in your life and in your walk the lord was establishing your steps and how given this timeline that you gave and the stories that you're kind of laying out before us, like we can, I can see how like the Lord was establishing your steps, like how the Lord was already preparing you, what it looked like to look for people of peace and what it looked like to invest in reliable men who could therefore go and invest in reliable men, you know? And like, and it's simply like how it all hinges on him, right? Where you're like, man, I, I'd, I'd rather have more guys in this group. I didn't get to pick any of these guys, in my small group, but like little did you know, like the Lord was going to bring you three out of that group for you to invest in, to lay your life down into. That's yeah, cool. and I think it was it's cool with Austin because he was able he told me um, at the end of the summer because I, I checked in with him occasionally while he was at Fighters and um, he said to me he was he said yeah week two family camp you could just tell there was just something different and um, he just said yeah the, the people that were there like you could tell that the spirit was in them and like you could tell that the community they had was flourishing and so I think it's cool because um, I was able to tell him I was like yep that's that's who disciple me like that's the community that 
I consider myself a part of. Like that spiritual family. Come on, man. It is. So I thought <laughs> he really enjoyed, um, like the we. Um, he taught uh, the other two guys. What we do is we um, meet up once a week um, in the morning for about an hour, um, and we learn a tool all together. And then um, we'll just sporadically meet up throughout the week. It's kind of our structured bit because we're all, you know, we're all college students. We're all working. We're, we're just so busy. Um, but at our morning meeting um, on Tuesday, he taught that, um, that uh, what is a disciple triangle? And um, next week he's teaching the high invite, high challenge tool. And he just loves that these tools um, trace back to the Hera, Oklahoma crowd who was up week two family camp. That's cool. Come on, Austin. Yeah, Go, brother. That's super, cool. <laughs> that's, cool. that's super cool. We can't we can't take credit for any of these tools. We borrowed them from some people too, but really yeah. the tools are just visual aid of the word. That's yeah. all they are. Like it's just visual aid to the scriptures. But man, that's super it is super cool. So I love that. Hey man, like really quick, we got like, we're kind of getting low on time, but what I love is like, you're talking about how you're super busy, like the hustle and bustle college life and something oftentimes like we kind of, like you hear some people are like, man, I'm just too busy. Right. But man, like what I'm hearing from you is you, you have found a way to make it work. Yeah. You know, it, it really is difficult just because, uh, there's only 24 hours in the day and you're sleeping for eight of them. You're eating for two, three of them how can you make these hours count? And, um, it's, it's hard, you know, when taking a lot of credit, doing a lot of homework and working full time, you know, it's, it's really hard. And ultimately I know that it's not my time. It's the Lord's time. Come on. And it's kind of funny how it works when, if I wake up in the morning and think, Oh, I gotta uh, start working. You know, I can't apply this morning. And then it's, like I don't get as much work done. I don't get as much homework done, but it's funny because when I wake up and say, you know what, I really should be like doing this homework or I really should be starting work. I'm still going to abide because man cannot live on bread alone. Come on. Um, everything. I need to make sure that I'm dedicating everything that I'm doing today to the Lord. And I need to make sure that I'm resting well with the Lord. And it's funny because when I abide, it's almost like the rest of the day just falls into place and I get everything done and the fruit for that day was good. And it's what is, it's not on my own. So I'd say that rest in the Lord is through the crazy busyness. Like I, I looked down and I think I had 37 minutes of screen time on my phone. Didn't watch any TV didn't have any time for I think I had like a five minute lunch I was just between class and work and um, either Bible study or campus ministry or what you know it's it was like I had no time in the day but it still felt like I woke up and then when I went to bed that night it was like that was a good day and that was like Psalm 118 24 Um, this is the day which the Lord has made we shall rejoice and be glad in it just waking up every morning saying hey this day isn't mine I have a ton of stuff I need to do 
but ultimately it's the Lord's day, and we shall bear fruit of the Lord. We shall rejoice in the Lord, and we shall, no matter how badly I failed this midterm, or no matter how much I don't want to do this homework, or what, it's like, I just have to know that, hey, this isn't mine, it's the Lord. Come on, David. Man, I, I love that. I don't know how you close any more sweet yeah. than that. Yeah. That's awesome. It bro. is. It is. I was asking you to give our listeners some word of encouragement, but I think you just did yeah. it. So, <laughs> man, like I, I simply just have this for you, David. As I listen to you talk, this is the word I'm reminded for you and reminded for our listeners. And it says, it's Luke 9, starting at verse 23. And he said, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels? But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 All right, David Hamlin, will you do us the honors and pray us out? For sure. Yeah, Father God, I just thank you so much for uh, this community that you have brought, just for uh, Michael and Travis, for bringing them into my life, and just that their community could make as much of an impact on me as it did. And Lord, I just thank you for transforming my life the way that you have. And yeah, God, I just ask uh, for a word of encouragement over everybody listening um, just that they can be reminded of your sovereignty and who you are and that you have them right where you want them yeah Lord I just ask for a fruitful harvest and Lord I ask for revival in both Oklahoma in Bozeman and just wherever else around the world that's in your name Amen Amen Amen. Amen. Love you David Love you brother Thank you man Grace and peace Grace and peace (laughs) Ha ha ha